1: ny or text hope ny in new york welcome on
2: into the wolverine.com podcast clayton safie alongside chris ballas and anthony broom previewing the big 10 championship game who would have thought Uh, michigan back here for two years in a row second time ever purdue making their first appearance in the game uh we are going to preview that talk about the ins and outs but we have to start with some news of the day and we're recording a little bit later on in the afternoon, one piece of news uh, that was at least reported uh, this afternoon after our normal time of recording comes out. So it kind of works out a little bit, guys. But let's start with Blake Corum, uh, who, you know, nothing super unexpected there. Obviously, didn't expect him to play this weekend. Now you're seeing reports from really NFL circles, started with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, who's college football insider, uh, that he will undergo surgery. And that he will miss the remainder of the season. Uh, potential Anthony, you tweeted this that you know great reporting of that. There's 39 days till the national championship game. That's a long time, depending on how major this uh, injury was. Um, so yeah, that that news kind of uh, getting out there this afternoon.
3: Yeah. And uh, part one should come as no surprise to our listeners. Um, That's always been the plan. Uh, You know what? It was kind of a pain management thing. And he got advice from a doctor that, uh, hey, he could play on it with a brace as long as if there was pain, then he needed to shut it down. Guess what? There was pain after two carries, which most of us figured there would be. So that would probably back up the no major structural damage claim right because you aren't you're going to be out there playing on a torn mcl or a torn acl so uh the, the question now is the pain management and who's exactly telling him he's going to be out for the year and what is out for the year mean does that mean through the big 10 championship game does that mean he's not going to be playing if michigan goes to the national championship game i don't think so and in fact i don't think blake i know blake quorum uh, I, I strongly believe Blake Quorum doesn't feel that way. So we know how his his tolerance for pain, we saw it last year when he was told to shut it down with the ankle injury. So uh, we are not ready to confirm that report. Uh, we do know that he'll have surgery tomorrow in California. I believe it's going to be the same doctor that uh, Cade McNamara had his surgery with. So we'll see what happens. But uh, would be a boost, obviously, to have him back. And uh, But great timing, right, A.B., for him to for Donovan Edwards to step up and do what he did uh, and show that he's definitely a 1B type of running back.
4: Yeah, in a weird way, it's um, – how do I – I want to word this delicately. Not delicately. Um, in a weird way, it's almost as if – the, the, the ceiling of this offense is always going to come down to what you get out of J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards. And we saw that in that game at Ohio State on Saturday. So it doesn't, in a way, it doesn't change the bottom line. It certainly changes the floor, uh, what the floor looks like. But uh, as we know, there's a potential for so much more. Um, and I don't know, to play devil's advocate, uh, technically through the end of the year would only include uh, 2022, would just be the playoff semifinals. So national title game technically speaking uh in 2023 but i think um i I think a return for him would be somewhat i think it's ambitious but i don't think it's out of the question Uh, and i think that's the most important thing is that um also like i said it was weird to see that first reported from nfl circles which does beg the question where the information is coming from but at the same time uh Right now, what you see is what you get. And the last time we saw what Michigan has, they went into Columbus and had arguably the most impressive win in college football this year. So it sucks for Blake Corum. It sucks for a guy who has been such an integral part of, of this journey over the last two years. But, you know, at this point, you didn't have him last week. Um, you, you, The assumption was you never were going to have him this week. And, you know, if you're able to get through this one Saturday, win a Big Ten title – you've got almost a month to recalibrate and, and and kind of relook at what you are and and what you want to do offensively. So um, in a weird way, it doesn't change the plan for the immediate future, but it is uh, um, it's confirmation that obviously it's not just something that's going to go away in a week, two weeks, what have you. So it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, Michigan's done a good job cultivating some depth. Uh, They've done a good job of having other guys ready to go when their numbers called and, We'll see where it goes from there.
2: Yeah, it doesn't change anything from what we thought this week, but in terms of national title hopes and everything, it's a it's a huge blow. Uh, and it reminds me of Isaiah Livers from a couple of years ago and in going into the NCAA tournament, where then you look and even in hindsight out of that thing, uh, and I think there was a good shot Michigan was a national champion if Isaiah Livers was playing or at least got to that final Monday night. We know what usually happens there for Michigan, but. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, they were able to prove some things last week that they were able to get it done without him. At the same time, you're kind of playing with fire a little bit if you're playing elite teams without your best player and Heisman candidate uh, multiple times. I just think it makes it, you know, a little bit more tough, but it will have a month before that bowl game. You assume college football playoff to, uh, you know, kind of game plan and get things ready. I I think we did see this. I mentioned on the show last week where, yeah, it was a huge struggle to move the ball, especially on the ground against Illinois in that second half after Blake went out. But having a week of practice to be able to prepare some of those things, what you're going to do, um, you know, helped. And they're going to have some extra time to do that as well going into that game. But um, then also the news of the day uh, never stops around here. Mozzie Smith this morning uh, comes up. There's a felony weapon charge against him. Uh, the traffic stop was on October 7th that this happened at. Um been some conflicting reports on whether or not he was actually arrested that day. Um, But the prosecutor's office says it was a normal timeline Uh, just happened to come out six weeks after. Um, And obviously uh, he will not be suspended. It looks like by Michigan. Uh, He is uh, given a, the ability to travel outside of the state. So that would include this weekend for Indianapolis, Jim Harbaugh, Ward manual, both saying that they, they trust Mozzie Smith. They're going to let the judicial process play out. And uh, here we are with uh, a Michigan captain uh, in this
3: type of situation. Yeah, he made a mistake. There's no question about it. Uh, Was it um there are many layers to this onion too as jim harbaugh says and uh there's no question he did something wrong right obviously or he wouldn't have been charged and um how serious it is you know what uh that's going to be determined uh and talking to people for about two and a half hours this morning uh my strong suspicion is that charges will be dismissed based on some of the people that we've spoken with and uh, at the very least it's going to be pled down right um so uh, it doesn't make what he did right, not having the permit for the gun or whatever it is, um, you know, is being floated out there. So and uh, the timing. Yeah. Uh, the prosecutor, I think, it acknowledged that, that, hey, sometimes it takes even longer. So I don't think I think the prosecutor, if I'm not mistaken, said there was no arrest. Is that correct? Uh, that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. So did, who knows? Um, Ann Arbor yep. police have said otherwise, but it doesn't okay. say he wasn't jailed. So okay. there's some back and forth on that still. Interesting. Yeah, so we'll have to see on that. But uh, regardless, yeah, it's a bad look, and it can't happen. And uh, we are all about accountability here when we talk. You know what? People will say, oh, what about Michigan State? You were so hard on the Michigan State kids. I've said this a million times. If that was the Michigan State, uh, Michigan guys in the tunnel beating up Michigan State kids, I'd have been all about them getting their punishment. I said about Juwan Howard when he slapped the uh, Joel Krabenhoft. I said that needed to be dealt with. He needed a suspension there. Uh, they did. In fact, the Michigan added on two games and onto the three that the big 10 suggested. So let's not do that game guys. Uh, if, if it comes out that, that Mozzie Smith did something egregious and it's something that he should be severely punished for, then he will be, if not, then, uh, you know what, then he's not. So let's wait and see what happens.
4: Yeah. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not Roger Cossack. I'm not an ESPN legal analyst or anything like that. Uh, what I can speak to is that it was, first of all, I mean, n- not carrying a, a driver's license. You don't have the appropriate paperwork for um, your 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 handgun yet. Uh, it's stupid and it's irresponsible. And uh, regardless of the circumstances, it's a situation that you can't put yourself through. It's a situation you can't put your team through. Um, and I guess from there, the legal process will play itself out, Um I, I don't, you know, it, it's tough to, it's tough to kind of weigh in on it because, you know, as we saw, you know, Thursday on Twitter, everyone right off the bat, you get your information and you go there and you run for your pound of flesh and you run to, you know, uh, convict someone in the court of public opinion. Um, I think that obviously like irresponsible, stupid. My father was a gun owner and was uh, very responsible gun owners they they follow the letter of the law to a T, even down to the the finest minute details and like i said i i ultimately don't think it's nothing that's going to ruin his life he's not going to jail he'll probably pay some kind of fine um but more responsible behavior is expected of a michigan captain period full stop and from there uh you know to to pass blame anywhere i'll just say this um I don't know, you know, given the fact that this was something that happened on October 7th, the one thing I do kind of have an issue with, and it's kind of, uh, I'm not even going to go too deep into it because it, it feels, maybe it feels nitpicky, I don't know. But, um, you know, if Michigan puts out a similar statement like they did today, saying that, you know, Mazi's been upfront, honest, forthright about it. If that's a statement that gets put out on October 7th, or he doesn't travel to Indiana, gets put out that day or the day after, whatever it is. I don't know that a lot of people are having the conversation they are, but um, it's to me, I I just have an issue with at times Michigan having reactive leadership as opposed to proactive and getting out in front of it. Because when you get out in front of it, you get to control, you know, at least what the media narrative is at least to some point. So um, that's, that's where I'm, where I'm at on all of it. And that's kind of where it ends for me.
3: Yeah, I would yeah. say this. I would agree with you if it were very clear that there were an arrest and that it was 100% okay he was arrested and but I think there's a gray area there that that maybe we don't know the, all the details yet. So that's you know if you're going to come out with a press release every time somebody's pulled over and whether or not they should have been, you know what, then you're going to have a lot of
2: you could have right. a lot
3: of those. So, uh, but I'm 100% respect that opinion Anthony and and I'm right there with you.
2: Um yeah, no. I respect it as well. Um we did hear that, that Jim Harbaugh addressed it with the program on that day on October 7th, I believe was the, the date before they left to Indiana. So, um, you know, they at least were aware of it, dealing with it then statement. Um, again, I don't know if enough, enough details, I guess to, uh, to comment on that, but we do have a media release on it, uh, right here, breaking during the podcast from the Ann Arbor police department. So I'll just read this. Um, The Ann Arbor, on October 7th at 9.35 a.m., an Ann Arbor officer had contact with Mozzie Smith, 21 years old. After a traffic stop for speeding, Smith, the sole occupant of the vehicle, was found to be in possession of a handgun inside the vehicle without a valid CPL and did not have his driver's license at the time of the stop. Smith was arrested at the scene, processed at the police station, and released pending Washtenaw County Prosecutor Review. Charges were filed by the Washtenaw county prosecutor's office for Smith on November 29th for one felony count of carrying a concealed weapon. Smith was arraigned before Judge Velvo on December 1. Details of the arraignment can be obtained via the 15th district court. So uh, kind of what we talked about there, but there is the official statement coming out in the middle of the podcast there. Um, and we can move on from Ozzie Smith, probably see him on Saturday night. And uh, obviously this will be something that will develop and, and will be ongoing as things develop. So Uh, Make sure to stay tuned to us at TheWolverine.com for that. Uh, Real quick, before we get into the game, college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday night. Michigan sits at number two. Uh, No surprise there, Georgia number one, TCU at three, USC at four, and then Ohio State, no surprise there, again, given some of the the chaos with Clemson going down, sitting at five, Alabama with two losses at six. So Ohio State, uh, if you look at some projections – over 50% chance to make it in the college football playoff, despite losing by 22 points, and it really should have been 29, on their home field uh, to just a better Michigan team. TCU gets Kansas State this weekend. USC gets Utah. We'll pick those games in just a little bit. But your guys' thoughts on the rankings and the possibility that Ohio State gets back in, and with that possibility comes the possibility of a rematch between Michigan
3: and Ohio State lots of football still to be played is what I would say. And that's always what's fun about this, right? If TCU were to lose, would they still be in? They had to play a, a championship game, whereas Ohio state didn't. So I think it really comes down to USC and, uh, Utah. And if you just USC wins, um, you know, but I, it, 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 I'll really, these games are going to determine who's playing who and where, right. I think Georgia and Michigan are in for sure. I think mm-hmm. TCU has got a chance with a close loss. Uh, I think Kansas state's going to give them a hell of a game. I've been picking against TCU for the last five weeks. though, and they just oh, wow. continue. Exactly. They just continue to win. So, and then on top of that, um, I think it's clear that Alabama wasn't going to leapfrog uh, isn't going to leapfrog Ohio State now with neither one of them playing so uh, they're, they're they're the ones waiting to see. So uh, clearly if you're an Ohio State fan you're rooting against TCU and USC um and more than anything USC. So uh, to me that's that's the one. Uh, because I think a, a one loss T C, you could still get in. But it's fascinating, guys. And I'm just—it doesn't matter to me. I'm just happy that uh, we're going to be going somewhere, most likely, and to be in this position, win or lose, on Saturday.
4: Yeah, that was the benefit of winning the game. Outside of just making it back to Indianapolis, is that you're you're in the playoff now. So it's just really kind of a question of where and what your matchup is. Uh, you know when the rankings came out again. I know they've even said that Alabama could still somehow leapfrog Ohio State. I don't see that. Uh, what sense it, does that make? It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, maybe because the calculus, the computers change based on the matchups this weekend. But it's still. Um, I think it's it's pretty clear how this is setting up. Uh, if one of if one of TCU and USC loses, Ohio State's going to slide into that Ford seat and probably play Georgia and probably get its ass kicked. Um, but from there, I mean, um, in terms of who would Michigan prefer to see? Uh, obviously, you want to get this one Saturday first, but uh, I, I do think that you know, for as for as explosive as Caleb Williams is, uh, that that USC team does not play a lick of defense, and I think that would be beneficial to Michigan. TCU, um, again, I know that it seems like some of some of what they've done has been fool's gold, so to speak. I, I don't see that. I um, you win the games on your schedule, right? So. I would love for it to just be chalk because I think that would give us a really entertaining playoff. I know Michigan would be a returning team, but have some new flavor in there with TCU, have some, uh, have USC in there, uh, keep Ohio state out, Alabama's out, Clemson's out. Um, You know, it's, it's exciting. And with the dawn of this 12 team playoff coming, it would, you know, variety is hard to get, you know, within the first eight years or whatever it's been of this playoff and, to have a chance at that is pretty exciting. And even without quorum, like we said before um, you find a way to get that to that Monday night in January. And you know, it's all on the table for you there. So uh, I-, I like whatever matchup Michigan wind up having. Uh, I like how things set up for them. I think they can compete a little more against Georgia than they did last year, but um, get this one Saturday and Hey, they've run up the score and, Maybe something weird happens in the Georgia game and then all of a sudden you're the one seed and get to pick where you go. So we'll see what happens. Yeah,
2: I think the possibility for a Michigan-Ohio State rematch in the semis would be Georgia losing, Michigan winning, uh, and then Ohio State sneaking in with like a USC uh, loss there. But I do agree. I I think TCU probably still in with a close loss. They got to lose close though if they're going to. And then I thought it was interesting as well. Bovada came out with early lines for potential playoff matchups. Michigan was the, the... Biggest spread in a Michigan game was to USC. I think it was 12 points. TCU was sitting around eight. And then um, Michigan was a one-point favorite over Ohio State, uh, potentially. So, obviously, a lot of football, Chris, as you said, to play out. But it's going to be fun, especially with that Friday night game uh, between USC and Utah. We'll be down in Indy watching that one somewhere. uh, And I'm sure plenty of the people out there will be as well. Um, Let's get into this matchup. Michigan against Purdue. Um, Purdue sitting at eight and four they backed in I guess you could say with a Iowa loss last Friday they were able to get in there with a win over Indiana they won three straight but it's been a roller coaster ride for Purdue at this point this season with that said as Jim Harbaugh said on Monday night on his radio show this is a dangerous team because uh, they're there for the first time they're excited about this opportunity to play in the Big Ten Championship and he said we know that from being there last year in a similar position. Now, Michigan was a contender for the national title, but it was their first time. They had that juice. They had that excitement. Um, your guys' first thoughts on Purdue uh, heading into this one?
3: I think they're going to be slinging it all over the place, right? And, and as Pat Forty said on the Big Ten Network, it's one of those teams that Michigan really hasn't seen since Colorado State in their air raid, but that was a little bit different. They weren't quite as talented, clearly. Now, uh are you worried about their running game? they got a shifty little back, right, Who's, who runs more like Chase Brown than, than some of the bigger backs they've faced this year. So that'll be interesting. And and the way they, they're going to spread them out and throw the ball will be interesting. But the, really, this this back end of, of the, the secondary, they just don't make mistakes. I don't see them getting beat on big plays. I see them really playing – uh a good solid game understanding that they want to win the big 10, right? This is not just another game for them. They understand what's at stake here. You know what? It's not just about let's get through this one and get to the national championship game. This is all about winning the big 10. Uh, I think they're focused. I, I expect them to take care of business.
4: Yeah. You look at this Purdue team and, and I think they've been called a top five killer in the past, right? Hmm. Uh, Iowa had that designation too, but um over the years, when Purdue has found a way to win these type of games, it's because a wide receiver like Rondell Moore has gone off, like uh, like David Bell uh, goes off. Uh, they have a guy in Charlie Jones who transferred from Iowa, who's been at times, you know, dominant this year. Uh, I look back to that game that he uh, that Purdue played against Penn State, and and they threw the ball fifty nine times. They didn't run the ball much. Again, offensively, it's going to look a lot like what you saw with Colorado State. With Maryland, with Indiana. Although I think of those three teams, um, this team has a better, the best quarterback you will have seen yet. It's got better skill players. I think they have some guys that are athletic on defense. You know, for as much, you know, you go back and and you look at, um, you know, I'm just, I'm using this Penn State game as a frame of reference just because it's, you know, a caliber of team that resembles Michigan uh, that Purdue has seen. Um, When I look back and look at that game they played against Penn State, uh, you know, as well as Penn state was able to run the football throughout this year, uh, Purdue was able to hold them to under hundred yards rushing. And Sean Clifford had to throw the ball almost 40 times. So it's one of those things where I, I like, you know, again, it approximates, like we said, some of those teams at Michigan, nothing that Purdue does will be anything that Michigan hasn't seen this year, but they are capable of competing in this game uh, art, you know, and I'll even say probably more so than Iowa was in last year's game to be frank with you. So uh, it's gonna be again Purdue's best shot is getting Michigan into uh, you know a high scoring track meet. I don't know that I see that. I think there, there's just too much that Michigan has on defense still, but um, Michigan's probably gonna have troubles running the ball again because uh, teams are gonna sell out to stop it, knowing that Blake Corum's not there. So we'll see what happens. It's good that it comes the week. It comes a week after you saw a star making turn from your quarterback and finally connecting on some of those big plays through the air, but. Uh, this, this is not a layup for Michigan. I know they're they're a big favorite, 16 and a half points, I think the last time I looked, but um, they're going to have to strap it on and come to play. And this is, uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, it won't, it'll be mostly Michigan fans there, but uh, Purdue should have a good representation there as well. So uh, they're hungry. I, I've said all year, I feel like when we've picked Purdue that Purdue, I didn't buy that Purdue could win the West because they typically kind of stumble uh, when they have a chance to, but they survived it. They're there and, and they have no reason to play anything about loose. So, uh, this is not a layup for the Wolverines.
2: Is this though a? I would push back a little bit on this being them having better skill players in a quarterback than Maryland.
4: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Charlie Jones is good. He, he's, you know, he's kind of their only guy in my opinion, but Devin Mockaby at running back. A good story. Um, two-star recruit walked onto this program and he's about to set the freshman rushing record. So I give him credit for doing that, but they are kind of one dimensional still. Uh, they were dead last in the country last year with 2.8 yards per carry. They're up a yard. This year to 3.8. It's, you know, right in the middle of the pack or, you know, about three quarters of the way in the country this year. But, um, I, I think Michigan's defense is going to be too much. Uh, you know, they don't throw the deep ball well despite getting a lot of these shorter passes that Charlie Jones is really good at. And I think that it's just going to be one of those days where, like, Purdue's good in the West at doing what they do. And a lot of those West teams don't face this type of, you know, the air raid type of thing. Um, but Michigan saw it last week, in not air raid with Ohio State, but more spread and a prolific passing game, and this is kind of the worst version of that. So I think the Michigan defense is going to fare really well uh, against this Purdue offense, although they are a little bit dangerous in that way because you do have an element to you where if it gets going, you could put up some points and, and put pressure on Michigan. I do like Jeff Brom. I like what he's done at Purdue. I like the clip of him in the XFL saying, do I or do I – not have a pulse is this or is this not the xfl for when he uh, i think he played through a concussion that game don't do that kids don't play through a concussion <laughs> but um and then i think michigan's offense like is stacking the box does that work against michigan's offense because we saw last week where ohio state had no depth to their defense and michigan burned them not only through the air with jj mccarthy but on the ground so it's kind of one of those things where well if they're going to try to do that, you saw what happened to Ohio State last week as well. I think Michigan without Blake Coram will still be able to roll here. I know we'll talk about our predictions uh in just a second. But the Purdue defense, they have they do have a good defensive line. Talking to Tom Hart of Goldenblack.com, uh insider over there, likes their defensive line, although there's no George Karloftis or, or a stud over there, but he feels it's a solid unit that'll rotate 10, 12 guys. And then uh he was just saying the secondary's been been rough. And I think that's where we might see some of those big plays through the air that we saw from Michigan last week. But uh, what else do you guys have on Purdue uh, unless we want to get to our predictions?
3: Let's get to our prediction. I think we've all talked about Purdue now. I think I think you're right. I think it's you know it's still a more of a possession offense than a uh, game breaking offense, and um, and I think Michigan can have some success in the air on these guys too. If you look at the big plays they've given up in the passing game, so uh, but I do give them credit. I think the Illinois game going down there after losing to Wisconsin and Iowa was yeah. one of the clutch wins of the year in the Big Ten for any team, and uh, so kudos to them. You know, and then you squeak by Northwestern and and Indiana, and, and here you are. So, but you never know what you're gonna get with these guys, and you never know what you're gonna get in. A Championship game. So let's have at it, as Jim Harbo would say.
2: First rule of champions, don't let up. Uh That's right. So expect a mi- focused Michigan team. But everyone asks us that. What, what do you think? You know, they're going to be focused. Like, I I think they will be. 100%. We don't know. I mean, they're going to say they are, and everything mm-hmm. you're going to hear is that they are until we get to halftime on Saturday night, and we might be like, wait, they're down 14 10 or something. They got to pick it up. And I think they could. It was a really close game against Iowa last year at the half. And then Michigan 142 to three. And they were you know, trying to run it up at the end to get the number one seed. So um, we'll see. We'll see exactly how it plays out. But I do think Michigan uh, 17 feels fine. And, and, you know, I'll pick them to cover here in just a second. Before we get to our predictions, let's we'll talk about prize picks. Football season is winding down. We're at championship weekend, but there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing real daily fantasy with our friends at prize picks. It's the simplest form of real daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It is the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less. Then their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, This week, I have Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, less than 325 and a half passing yards against Utah. It's a good Utah defense for the Pac-12. I know he threw for more than that and five touchdowns the first time they played. That was a loss, Uh, but I will, uh, I don't know. I'll go with less there. I think Utah may get it done actually in this game. And then, I'll go more than two 11 and a half passing yards for JJ McCarthy. Talked about it there with the Purdue secondary being a little weak, allowing some of the big plays, safety plays a concern apparently. So I will go with uh, JJ to hit that number.
3: I've got Williams more than the 325 against Utah. I think that he's going to come up big. I think that there were, were even more plays to be made in that first game. There was a chance they could have broken that first one open, and I think they will actually win this one handily. Uh, I think the spread is 2.5, and, and I like USC to cover that. And I like McCarthy as well over the 2.11.5. I think he's going to have another big game. I think you're going to see a couple more big plays. Uh mm-hmm. And I, I think Purdue will play them smarter and secondary than Ohio state did. But I do think that Michigan will still have plenty of success.
4: Yeah. Last week I, I did a three pick and, and hit on it. So I'm going right back to the well this week. I'm going uh, with the more on JJ McCarthy, 211.5 passing yards. I'm going more for Cameron rising of Utah to have uh, more than 268.5 passing yards against USC and staying in that game. I am going with Jordan Addison with more than 85 and a half receiving yards. So uh, we're doing, we're doing more across the board this week. That, that worked for me last week. I'm going to go back to the recipe again. More is never a bad call in the Pac 12, for <laughs>
2: sure. Um, so those are our picks. Make sure to share those with us if you guys are uh, playing yourselves. Love to see your tweets, uh, messages on the message board. Make sure to download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So, if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, we'll get into our predictions. Michigan, a 17 point favorite from what I saw, 16 and a half. I saw that as well. I saw 17 and a half at one point. Over-under is 52 points. Um, I got Michigan winning and covering, as I said, uh, I believe I went with 42 to 17. Uh, I think they're going to be able to really slow down that Purdue offense. They haven't scored as many points in in some of the bigger games. And then their Purdue defense, which has been pretty good this season, if you look at some of the stats, again, they're playing in the Big Ten West in some of the games against tougher competition. They're allowing way more yardage. They're allowing more points. And I think Michigan is the best team they've played by far. And I'll go with the Wolverines, 42-17.
3: I like 34-17 to 17 without Blake Corum. I think uh, Donovan Edwards still limited right with that cast. So uh, hopefully he doesn't turn the ball over. But, you know, if you had Edwards out there as, a, as one of those receivers and, and you had Corum in the backfield, I'd feel better about this offense. Even last week, uh, you know, they were held on, on the other th- – 50 plays or whatever, right. They had 3.3 yards per play. Unfortunately for the Buckeyes, they all count. That's a new rule this year in the big 10 Buckeye fans that they all count, even the big plays. So, um, but I like Michigan, something like 34 17 pulling it away late.
4: Yeah. I had 38 20. I think the recipe will be what it has been all year. Probably Purdue moves the ball a little bit early. It's a somewhat tight game at the half and Michigan does what it has been hammers away. Um, don't go they won't go away from the run game they'll just keep getting after it and it will break open later in this football game like it has all season long Um, yeah it might not be I don't know that it will have the same level of fireworks like a halfback pass last year the long uh, some of the other long uh, plays early on in that football game but it just feels like you got you've gotten this far Um, time to close it out get to the playoff and Give yourself a couple weeks to get healthy because I think that's you know we talk about winning a national championship. They have to get a lot more healthy than they are right now. So get this, go get this one. Hang another banner, uh, add some more trophy to uh, to the uh, more trophies to Schenckler Hall, and and let's keep the train rolling.
2: Yeah, Ken Donovan Edwards throw with his left arm, uh, mm. left hand. That's the big question going into this game. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe a trick play. I feel like that, you know, you're trying to bounce back, not bounce back, but you're trying to, you know, kind of keep your momentum going, coming off of an emotional win. I feel like that was a great idea by the Michigan coaching staff last year to get kind of creative there and have a few fun plays. And they worked. And really, Michigan needed those plays early on to get that lead because, you know, it it was tight there at the first half. But uh, we'll see if Kalel Mullings, uh, you know, what they have in store for him. Maybe he'll be slinging it around a little bit. But um, offensive okay. player of the game, I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. Not a hot take. Uh, again, for the reasons I talked about, I got him over or more than 211 two and a half passing yards. And I think he's going to have a good game
3: throwing the ball, you know, being able to pick up some first downs with his legs as well. I'm going with the Don again. I think he's gonna have a big one, and uh, I think he's gonna break a couple big ones again. Uh, his patience, he's just rounding into a, a really nice running back under Mike Hart. So love what he's doing, and I just think he's uh, uh, what what guts, man! That kid's showing, and I just like that guy. I I, th- I think he's gonna have a big game over 100 plus. Andre Anthony? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cornelius Johnson? Uh,
4: yes. On. Yeah, you know what? Give oh, man. that man his flowers. We've been tough uh-huh. on him all year, and he's uh, he's legend now, right? So uh-huh. uh, we're overdue for a Ronnie Bell uh, performance. Wasn't part of that. Wasn't playing in that Big Ten championship game last year, obviously with the torn ACL. I feel like I feel not that it obviously won't be his last game, but I feel like this is a day that could really be sort of a um, a nice little closed plot thread of, of what his road has been like. So I'm gonna go Ronnie Bell.
2: I would like that. They're in the dome. Might see some receivers, you know, make some plays like that. Um it was Matt Weiss said on on Wednesday that he thinks the receivers and quarterbacks are excited after playing in some of the weather. I know Ohio State was decent weather, but like Nebraska and Illinois that they're excited for uh to play in the dome a little bit, which makes sense. They should play
3: every game in a dome. Let's be they honest. Should.
2: I think Gene Smith is leading the charge on that petition right
4: now. I mean <laughs> quick quick little sidebar won't they play the rest of their games in a dome regardless? Uh, Yes. I mean, some of them have retractable
2: roofs, including Indy, Indy, technically, but obviously it won't be open this weekend. But, yeah, you're right. Glendale, I'm sure it'll be partly open at least if they're there. Uh, Atlanta can open. And then SoFi Stadium. But uh, I hope that we're we're talking about that definitely going forward. Um, Defensive player of the game. It's – Tough call. I I do think the secondary is going to play well in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the nose tackle, Mozzie Smith.
3: Oh, wow. That's – you know what? I think our Rod Moore picks last week were pretty good, Anthony. Uh, There were a few guys, but Rod Moore had one hell of a game. So, uh, in this game, I'm going to go with Mike St. I think Mike's going to have a big game. They're going to pick on him or try to pick on him a little bit. And I think he's going to be up to the challenge. I'm going to go with Mikey. We were actually two for two last week, CB. We both had J.J. Yes. and both had Rod Moore. So yep. uh, I'm going Chris Jenkins. I don't know why. Just this is the first name that popped in my head. Chris Jenkins. He had a great game last week, too. Two plays that were under uh, understated that were, just, I mean, he had a hands up on the one that, he, that they forced the lob that Sam Ristol broke up and then the holding penalty. So the great hole. game for him. Yep.
2: And Chris Jenkins was my pick, and the Don was my offensive pick.
4: So we all won last week. I think.
3: Well, yeah, we'll Moore was a great some. pick by you guys. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Well, the committee oh, well, hold will on, hold on by the way. Speaking of who we picked last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Congratulations on staff picks victory. There we F- go. Fantastic. Yep. Happy <laughs> for you. And the rest of us are a bunch of chumps according to the uh, I was wrong. The message boards. That guy fear the beard. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for telling us how bad we suck. We we appreciate Bye. you. I'm gonna be yes. holding that over your guys' head like I invented the piano. And I piano. wonder if I wonder if fear the yeah, beard see. is like Anthony's burner account. You know, it's not. Okay, <laughs> no, you can just tell us right out we suck. You know we can take it. I'd, I'd tell
2: you. I so, yeah. was gonna say I'll be the first one to admit I suck. I've won one out of twelve staff predictions this year, yeah. uh, but I wasn't really trying at the beginning of the year, so we got yeah. that out there as well. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That is uh, yeah. But credit to Anthony for picking that game. He had the guts. Uh, Not just the guts. He thought it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen. I am more than happy to be covering a football game in Indianapolis on Saturday night. I know CB uh, is as well. So uh, there you go. Uh, No man knows the future. Championship weekend. College football will pick the uh, Power 5 games. We obviously just picked the Big 10 championship game. But we'll start with the Friday night game between USC and Utah at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. 8 o'clock. USC two and a half point favorite over under 67 and a half torn on this one. I, I just got a bad feeling Utah is going to win and Ohio state's going to sneak in the playoff. So I'm going to go with that.
3: I'd like USC to cover and, and handle that. Like I said earlier, I like USC as well.
2: Next game noon on Saturday. So if you're, you know, down in India, if you're watching on the couch, uh, this will be a good one to get the day started. Kansas State against TCU down in Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium on ABC. TCU, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over under 62. Give me the Horn Frogs. I'm also going to be rooting for them, but I also – I know Kansas State played them tough the first time, but I'll go with TCU – uh, they just feel like a team of destiny to get into the college football playoff.
3: Yeah, I will pick them this week, which means they will probably lose. So, folks, <laughs> do not rely on me for your picks. But uh, for some reason, they just seem to have a magical season going. I think they'll keep it going.
4: Yeah, they've got the magic right now. It doesn't feel right for it for them to end it here. And even if it does, they lose close. They should be in, but I think we all kind of know what will happen if, if they don't win. So, Although the committee DCU did –
3: the committee did move up Kansas state to like number nine, right? The CFP. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're, you know, that's a signal that, Hey, even if they lose to a top 10 team, they might still be in. We'll see. It's true.
2: Um, Four o'clock CBS LSU against Georgia at Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, a 17 and a half point favorite over under 51. LSU could win the sec with three losses and go to a random bowl game. Uh, I don't know when the last time the sec champ that, has not gone to the playoff when that would have been, or probably the national championship game even before that. Um, I'm going to go with Georgia to roll. They're going to be near home. Uh, They'll probably be playing two straight games in that stadium as well. And they look like the clear favorite to me to win the national championship.
3: I'm with
4: you. 100%. Just what you just said. Make it three for three. Uh, I, I like the way this Georgia team has handled its business Like, against Tennessee, they just came out firing and never even – it was never even a football game. I expect that on Saturday.
2: Yeah, we'll see what Brian Kelly can do. They played some good teams tough and won a couple tough games this year. Uh, And then the last one, Clemson against North Carolina. Clemson gets knocked out of the college football playoff race effectively. Last week, this one in Charlotte, 8 o'clock, same time as Michigan. This will be on ABC, Michigan game on Fox. Uh, Clemson, 7.5-point favorite over under, 63.5. I got North Carolina. Maybe winning this game, but at least covering the seven and a half. They have a better quarterback with May, and uh, I, I think Clemson is. You know, they were kind of a fraud, even as much as you know, as recent as a week ago.
3: Yeah, I don't really care to be honest with you what happens in this game, but uh, I like uh, I like North Carolina to to make it interesting. And uh, what's the spread?
4: Seven and a half.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd like North Carolina to cover.
4: I'll take Clemson, but I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and we'll be
2: mid-Michigan versus Purdue, 8 o'clock on Fox, Michigan going for their 44th Big Ten Championship. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned at thewolverine.com for all, thing, all things Michigan football. We'll be down in Indianapolis enjoying some steak, enjoying some football. Nothing better than that. Maybe a glass of milk, too, with the steak. Uh, down at Prime 47. So uh, we'll see the people down there. Uh, and either way, check us out at TheWolverine.com, subscribe to the channel, like the video, and we'll see you next time.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines, you can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com
1: on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets In Kansas, 1 877 770 Stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1 800 Gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call 800 327 5050 for 247 support in Massachusetts or call 1 877 8HOPE.